came into the room and she's like, look at my phone. And then I couldn't see it. So I had to look at mine. I'm like, oh. Yeah, it's going to be a good game. But I can't bet against Tom Brady. I have the Bucks winning 31 to 27 and Tom Brady going to his 10th championship. Aaron Rodgers uh, and his people were like, they listened to our episode and they said, hold our cheese head or coat. Donovan Mitchell, who right now looks to be a superstar. Just amazing. And I don't care what the Red Sox got for trading Mookie Betts and David Price. The Dodgers, in my opinion, win it. I don't have to see what players they give up. Yeah, that's not just the Chiefs. That's that's Andy Reid. He he knows the he knows the defenses so well because he's such a great offensive mind. That well, um, you said you can't bet against Tom Brady, and as a Cowboys fan, and what I just did last weekend, I am not gonna bet against Aaron Rodgers. It was a great series. Game four was one of the best games I've ever watched in my entire life. Just goes to show the off- the offense for the Dallas Stars could not keep up. And when the defense needed to step up, the Lightning's offense just overpowered them. Chris Paul is one of the most underrated players of all time. He's been the best player wherever he goes, and that includes with the Rockets. Yeah, Connor McDavid, Leon Draatsaitl. I mean, that's all I can really say. Uh, There's two of the top five players in the league, and they're they are very very good. Yeah, and I really think the Clippers' chance to win the championship was last year. And they were up 3-1 against the Denver Nuggets. Hello, I'm Taylor Herner. You listen to the Outsiders Opinions with Kevin and Austin. What's up, y'all? Welcome to our 44th episode. Today, we went back and forth on our next episode, last episode. Today, we will be doing March Madness review, reviewing the Sweet 16, Elite Eight, Final Four. A lot of things to go over. And then we're going to make our championship predictions at, right before tip-off. So, hope you enjoy it. And then we will. our next episode will be the MLB playoffs episode. And now I'll let Austin lead off with the first game in the Sweet 16. So, the first game in the Sweet 16 was a uh, surprising one for us. Uh, I definitely saw the Loyola Chicago winning this game, and they didn't. Loyola Chicago versus Oregon State. What do you think about it, Kevin? Yeah, I totally agree with you. I thought Sister Jean's magic was going to work again, and she was going to get Loyola to make another deep run, but they did not. And that's really because of number five, Thompson for Oregon State, where he had 22 points. Oregon State has just been hot, was playing really hot, and uh, they were able to move on to the Elite Eight. What do you think? Yeah, Ethan Thompson is uh, a very exceptional player. Um, I think he'll be good at the next level, potentially. We'll have to see how he performs uh, as his career continues. But I feel like we can move on to the next game, which is Baylor versus Villanova. What do you think about Baylor? Yeah, it's uh, – uh, uh, first, my thoughts on Villanova. They did miss Gillespie, but it was great that they got the, so far. But Mitchell, just the number uh, – the guards for Baylor played really well for – and they, as Mitchell had 14 points, but he's such a great player on the defensive side. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, that the their guard trio is just an outstanding, uh, is the best in the, all of college basketball, and that's why they've moved so far uh, in the tournament. It's just when you have a guard trio with Teague, uh, Mitchell, and Butler, I mean, it's hard to contend. And uh, Mitchell's defensive and offensive abilities 
uh, really pushed them over the edge. And Villanova, with with a guard down, their senior leader, uh, they just couldn't overcome. I think we can move on to uh, the Oral Roberts versus Arkansas. We've been rooting for them. Um, it, it was just so – Max Aceman's game super close to that shot, and I just felt like you hate to see it, like when someone comes that close, but sometimes it's just that game. It's just the way the tournament goes. Yeah, in a winner-take-all type of a scenario, like every game is, you're going to have situations where a great player makes – or doesn't make a clutch shot, and that's how it works. The shot was, uh, it was straight, it was in line, it was just barely long, and uh, I thought it was a great shot. And I had a great chance of going in, and shout out to Oral Roberts to becoming the uh, the second 15 seed to make it to the Sweet 16, along with uh, I think 2013's FGCU team. Yes, you are correct on that. And uh, Arkansas's defense is just. They played so well, even when they did not shoot well. From They only shot nine three-pointers and made one of them, but they were still able to do it. That's because they're defense and they're good at getting to the rim. But I think we can move on to Syracuse versus Houston. What did you think about that game? Yeah, so I thought the game was going to be a lot closer because of uh, Syracuse's ability to shoot the three ball, but they proved against uh, SDSU and uh West Virginia, but they just couldn't get it to going. Buddy Bayheim, who had 25 and 30 points in his last two games, just uh, was stifled by a, a Houston defense that knew what they were doing and coached by Calvin Sampson. That, uh, I mean, just a great job by them, and they move on to the Elite Eight. Speaking of defense, Houston did a good job um, breaking the zone that um, Syracuse was so good at. Um, the coach, Bayheim. Uh, Jim Beheim was really good at it, but it and gotten him this far. But Syracuse was able to penetrate in the middle, and then that just hurt. That hurt Syracuse chances, including um, Buddy Beheim not be able being able to hit three. Same with Gerard. Now we move on to the next day where we go Gonzaga versus Creighton, which is another game I thought would have been close. Yeah, I mean it was a great game. For uh, Gonzaga, not for Creighton. Uh, Gonzaga really was just steamrolling teams at this point, and I, they, they saw no end in sight until the game against UCLA, which we're going to talk about later, but they really had no competition. They uh, drew Timmy, Jalen Suggs, Ayayi, uh, Kispert, Jordan Kispert, I think is his name. Um, they all played outstanding, and Creighton just could not get it going. Yeah, it's tough for Creighton to play it but you played gonzaga and gonzaga's on a mission right now um i think i think we can just move on to florida state versus michigan what do um, you this think? is another game that should have been closer uh 23 i sorry i forgot his name played outstanding for them and was the only real right spot on their team um he uh really was the only reason why they were it was even close he was a spark on offense and defense, and when he got injured, I knew the game was over. He came back in later, but he just could not get it going enough, and they were already down by too much for them to even put a dent into the uh, deficit that they had. Uh, let me see if you can get his first name. I have his last name. It's Walker for 23. Oh, uh, I think it's – let me try to think. 
I'm gonna heat up right now. Okay. Well, well yeah, I was just talking about. Oh, it's MJ. MJ. I knew it. Oh. I, it's MJ Walker, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, he played outstanding. He was the one bright spot on their team, and he definitely deserves some praise for how he played against a Michigan team that I thought was also on a mission, but their run ended sooner than I think most expected it to. Yeah, Michigan is a team that I thought really well. Um, But uh, we'll get on to their next loss, but sad for Florida State, and we hope it was good that MJ Walker could come back in. But – I think we can move on to the next game, which is UCLA versus Alabama. And that was a pretty good game until the last few minutes. What do you think? Yeah, uh, Alabama outplayed them in every facet of the game, except for free throws. You cannot shoot 11 to 25 from free throw and expect to win a basketball game on any level. High school, middle school, grade school, pick up anything that you have free throws. You cannot miss more than 50% of your free throws if you're going to take 25 and ex- anticipate you winning a game. What do you think about that? Yeah, uh, yeah, you've said it. We've seen a lot of games come down to the wire, and the team that misses the free throws is the team that gets out of the tournament. And then Riley for UCLA played really well, really late on when they needed. He would get rebounds, and then also Yaquez was great for UCLA as they make Yaquez, this incredible yeah. run. Yeah. Yeah, and so was Juzang, so was Tiger Campbell, uh, so was Riley. I can't remember his first name, but it's number two. Riley played outstanding in all, most of the games of the tournament, and he's uh, that core right there, most of them not seniors. I don't know about Riley, but I know the other three are at least redshirt sophomores, and so if they can continue this, and especially because the coach said their best player was injured in the preseason before the season even started, they could be very dangerous next year. The first name is Cody Riley. Just one, and he played well, and he is, uh, so he's played sixty-one games through two seasons. So, definitely not a senior, I don't think. I'll do that while uh, Austin talks about the last game for the Sweet Sixteen, which was Oregon versus USC, two Pac-12 teams. Yeah, so USC. Um, had the Mobley brothers, and they were outstanding. Oregon really didn't, could not keep up. And UC, USC was impressive until they faced Gonzaga in the next round, which we'll get to soon. Yeah, I mean, it, it uh, it's hard for me to see Oregon uh, win. It, they, I, anticipated them to, I anticipated them to play better, but their big men were really uh, – could not contend with the big men of USC. The Mobley brothers, like I said, really took over the game. Evan Mobley, Isaiah Mobley. And the three-point shooting of USC proved uh, to be the icing on the cake for a easy win for against uh, a Pac-12 versus a Pac-12. Yeah, so for Cody Riley, he is a redshirt junior. And then um, for the rebounds, um, the defensive rebounds, USC beat Oregon, while Oregon led the other two categories with 29 rebounds versus 28 against USC and then 16 offensive rebounds versus 8 for USC. But it was glad to see USC win, but I felt bad for them as we'll get to that in a few seconds. Now we move on to the Elite Eight, where we have Oregon State versus Houston. What were your thoughts on that game? It's one. If they really completed that comeback, that would have been the greatest comeback in college basketball history, in my opinion. But they just couldn't do it. 
if they were down by a lot and then tied it up 55-55 and Houston beat them out on the run. But Houston allowing only 17 points in the first half really did uh, Oregon State in. And sometimes it's how you start. It dictates how you finish. Yeah, that's a key point you make. Um, Houston's defense has been playing really well. They played well against Oregon State, as you mentioned earlier in the game. I feel we can move on to the next team, uh, next game where we have Arkansas versus Baylor. What were your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, there were some calls that I saw were questionable, but Baylor was the better team, and it showed throughout the entirety of the match. Um, I'm really surprised that uh, Baylor didn't win by more, and there was a fierce competitiveness in the uh, Razorbacks to, to cut the lead, and, and there's a lot of pride that should uh, be held by the Arkansas players to not give up, but the better team won, and it wasn't really close when it came down to it, statistically speaking. Yeah, when you look at Arkansas, they just haven't been really able to shoot a lot of threes. They shot 11, but they only made three of those, which is a hard thing when you're trying to come back and you can't nail down the three, especially against a team like Baylor. The next game that we'll be talking about is Gonzaga versus USC, as we mentioned, and Gonzaga is just on a tear right now, was on a tear till they ran into another Pac-12 team. Yeah, I mean, USC, they're too slow. They don't dictate the pace like UCLA does in the game we're about to talk about. They don't have that go-getter score. They can shoot jump shots and avoid the interior defense of Gonzaga, but Gonzaga just outran them. They're too fast. You have to have a guard that USC doesn't have, like Tiger Campbell, that can dictate a pace. And they didn't have that, and Gonzaga just ran all over them. Uh, I think they won 85-66, to 66, if I'm right, and they went, that's 19 points. It wasn't really close. I didn't get to catch yeah. most of the game. But, uh, yeah, it's tough for USC, who I they definitely anticipated that they were going to play better. What were you saying? Uh, you nailed the score. Uh, hopefully, we're not looking at the score. No, I wasn't. The interwebs. Yeah, I trust you. Um, rebounds, 38 versus 27. 27. Um, Gonzaga with 38. Um, just incredible. And they're a team that was on a tear. And that was like their 20th game in a row where they were winning by – they had won by 20 points or double digits. Then the next game we'll talk about is UCLA versus Michigan. We um, gave a little hint to it earlier in this episode, but I thought Michigan was going to make it, but UCLA went from the first four to the final four. Yeah, second time all time. The other team was the 2011 VCU uh, team led by Chaka Smart, who's now at Marquette after Texas's uh, brutal tournament. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just impressive. They, they, Juzang can go get a bucket whenever he needs. He had 28 points out of the 51 that they scored in the 51-49 game. Uh, Mo Wagner, not Mo Wagner, my bad. Uh, Mo Wagner's brother, what's his name? What's Wagner's name? Franz? Franz Wagner? I'm Is that right? I'm going to go with that. Okay. I believe it's Franz Wagner. Went 1 of 10 from the field. Um, he airballed a 3 and then tried to bank it in the last shot and miss. Uh, Smith, I think it's Mike Smith, missed... Uh, a jumper that I don't think he should have took, but I mean, it was wide open and he was moving. Uh, it's hard. UCLA's offense wasn't the greatest, but when you have Juzang, you put up 28 out of their 51 points. I mean, you can always win a game. Yeah. Um, I'll talk about it and then you can double check on Wagner. Um, yeah, Michigan played really well, but UCLA 
clearly a team that has some players. We mentioned Riley, Jaquez, um, and then any updates on Wagner? It is. It is Franz Wagner. I was right. Okay. You're right again. And then let me let me see if it was Mike Smith. It was Mike Smith. I went two for two. You do that a lot on here. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we can move on to the final four where we have Baylor versus Houston. I was able to, I could only watch one of these games and I caught Baylor versus Houston. I wish I could have caught the other one, but I had a, I could not make that time, but Baylor started nailing down threes. I'll get the stats for that game. Yeah. Went, I mean, uh, you were saying they went 45% making 11 out of 24 three pointers. And then, the trio of guards, as we mentioned, your thoughts. Yeah. I mean, it was just a, a incredible showing by the guard. Davion Mitchell had 12 points and 11 assists. Um, it was, it's just so impressive how they played. They played as a team. Scott drew, got them back for the first time to a, a national championship since 1948. I mean, insane. And Houston, you props to Kelvin Sampson and their team. They just didn't come to play except for Marcus Sasser, who had, I think 20 points. 17 in the first half out of their 20 points in the first half and also had 20 points at the end. He was hitting threes. He played outstanding. Only player on Houston that had a good game, in my opinion. Yeah, Grimes um, was a player who didn't start off well in the first half. The second half, he got off to a good start. He played well, but he only scored 13 points. But now I think we can move to UCLA versus Gonzaga and what a game. What do you What do you think? It's the best game I've ever watched in my entire life. I watched the entirety of the game. I missed some stuff because I was going to get food or something. I missed like a couple seconds here and there. I watched, I would say, 98.7% of the game. It's the best game I've ever watched. I There were some questionable calls in the first half that I believe Gonzaga was getting favored, but I just believe that's how the game rolls sometimes. Sometimes the, the refs see things differently on one side or the other. And... uh. That charge, I believe, it's close. It wasn't probably a charge. Um, I could never get a great angle on it, and they didn't really show it enough for me to see whether or not his feet were completely set or if he was moving up or down uh, at the point of contact. But tremendous game. Lucky shot, but that's how it works. That's how basketball is. That's how every game is. Sometimes you got to shoot a 35-foot shot uh, while moving contested bank shot to win in a Final Four game. Juzang, Campbell, Yaquez, uh, Riley, Cody Riley, all played outstanding. Those four or five, four, five, I can't count. I think that's five. Uh, Yaquez, Riley, Campbell, Juzang. No, that's four. Yeah, I think that's four. Never mind. I can't count. I, but uh, it's okay. Yeah, yeah, they were outstanding. I was rooting for UCLA. I believe that they were the better team throughout the game, and the reason why I believe that is that they shot 47 point something percent from three. I, I can't remember the stat, but it's 47 point something percent from three. While uh, Gonzaga shot 28 point something percent from three. I, I just believe that they were the better team. The difference was free throws. Uh, I That's why I, I'm going to get a little bit to my national championship prediction. I think Baylor wins this game. Baylor um, is a great defensive team, great three-point shooting team, and they can make their free throws much better than Gonzaga can. Gonzaga, I think, shot 12 of 20 from uh, free throw, which is 60%. You can't shoot that bad. And UCLA also shot bad. I, I believe it was 14 of 21, which is around 67%. I mean, it's just the shooting was not great from free throw for either team. 
And uh, if UCLA shot better from free throw, they would have won the game. And I believe UCLA was a better team, but sometimes the better team doesn't win, just like we saw with the uh, the Oral Roberts game, in my opinion. Oral Roberts, I think, outplayed Arkansas for the majority of that game. Just sometimes it's not how it works. If you play better, you also got to make your free throws. And that's that's why I believe that basketball is different, is you can play outstanding in under free throws. If you're not going to make your free throws, like it's a different facet of the game. It's like a breakaway in hockey or, I mean, a penalty shot in hockey. Like if your team's not a very offensive team, but you win a lot of games, but you can't score shoot uh, break, uh penalty shot goals, and you give up a penalty shot goal, that's not even your defense or something you can avoid from happening. So, great game, best game I've ever watched in my entire life of college basketball, at least. Um, and I'm I'm excited I got to watch it. And then I'm just gonna add a little bit for Oral Roberts, as you mentioned, they were so great at free throws, and that's what got them to go so far. They were the best team in the state. No, they, they were the best the team of all time. Oh, I did not. I knew best like this season. I did not know. Yeah, they had, they had the highest. The, the, it used to be eighty two point two, and they had eighty two point four. They they were the best free throw shooting team in the history of college basketball. And, and it doesn't matter speaking, what. It, yeah, yeah, that that that, that kind of proves the point, right? Is that you can be yeah. a fifteen seed, but if you're the best free throw shooting team of all time, I mean, you can win two rounds. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah, just how and it they works. almost set and history, it, it, yeah. and then for percentages, I'm gonna back you. So you are perfect on free throws. You were so close on three-pointers for UCLA. It was 47.1. Ah, and then Gonzaga was, was 23 point. Oh, 33. Wow. 33.3. Still not great. So Austin is human at stats I, I, for yeah. all our listeners. Yeah, I, I wasn't, I'm not looking. I just do that based off memory, and I was wrong. It's big sad. Well, you, you got one wrong. You, If you round <laughs> down, you were good on three out of four. Yeah. And uh, to as we and now we'll get into our prediction part. I, I'm having trouble with choosing between Baylor or Gonzaga because like Gonzaga, one of the big things was they, can they win a close game? They proved that with the UCLA, but in Baylor's just they're getting the, hot the, at the right moment. My 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 opinion about that they proved that they could win it in lucky fashion. I I, I, I and I'm sorry to say it's luck, but luck's a part of every sports game. It's not, it's not a knock against Jalen Suggs, but you can't tell me that he practices that shot like he practices every other shot he takes every day. He doesn't practice a running with three seconds left, get it up, contested, bank shot to win a game. Now, you have to have some three-point shooting ability to make those shots consistently or to and some clutch gene to make the shot entirely. However, it's still a lucky shot, and I don't know if that's fully tested them how to win those games. It's different when it, when you run a set play and you hit a game-winning shot, like Dame shot against the Rockets. That was a set play. Dame gets screened, or Dame doesn't get screened. Somebody sets a screen for Dame. I think it was LaMarcus Aldridge. And uh, they pass it into him, and he shoots a, a jump shot and makes it and wins the series versus the Rockets in 2014. But uh, it's just... I, I need them to prove it again, and they only have one game to do it. So I, I'm taking Baylor. Baylor is my choice. Uh, what is your choice? I'm, I'm debating. I'm like, Baylor or Gonzaga, I go back and forth. Just to – I'll go Gonzaga. I, I, I feel they got a lot of players. It's going to be a great team to wa- – a great game to watch as you've – the two best teams, and that's what everyone wanted to. And – um. I will give some more updates, but on our bracket, um, 
that we did as we did not come close as we had Illinois versus Gonzaga, but we missed out on Baylor. But it's going to be a great game. I, It's just Baylor is getting hot now because they did have COVID. So COVID hurt them, and now they're starting to round into form. You could Gonzaga's- argue it helped. You could argue that, that setting them back allowed them to heat up so they, they weren't just complacent the entire time and just, oh, we're so great. No, they, they went through something tough, and that helped them for now. And we'll have to see if Gonzaga still has that fight left in them after a UCLA, uh, UCLA team tried to take it their dream of being a perfect team from them. That is an excellent point you make, how it went into their favor. So, it's good. I We, it, we are about two hours and six minutes away. Uh, we will get this posted as soon as possible. And then for the updates on our March Madness bracket, I believe Bragging Rights is number one right now, while we are number two. So, the top three go Bragging Rights... At number one, Outsiders Opinions at two, our official bracket. And then at number three is NCAA March Sadness. Bragging rights is the person that has Gonzaga winning. We had Illinois. And then the third team has NCAA March Sadness has University of Houston winning. So bragging rights is the only person in the top three that has the only person left in the tournament winning. And then our next episode is going to be MLB predictions. So stay in tune for that. Let us know your thoughts about what game. Who did you predict? How well did you do on our bracket? How did you not do well on our bracket? And then leave. we would appreciate a review on Apple Podcasts. And finally, Taylor Hearn update. As we were talking about opening day, of him being on the opening day roster, a few minutes later, the Rangers called him into action as the bases were loaded. And he pitched, given the situation, he pitched really well. I just knew the end, he got a little tired, and I think one base runner was able to score. But it was great to see Taylor Hearn play, and we'll be looking for more um, from him this season. <laughs>